we are rolling. It's Saturday afternoon, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of Mega Strange. Oh, shit. And by golly, we have a slobber knocker of an episode for everybody here tonight. We thank you for joining us live from Mega Strange oh. Arena, straight out of San Diego, California. And the, we are your hosts. I am Derek. This is Johnny. Yo. How are you doing tonight, Johnny? I watched a, this might sound corny, but I watched a video that was like top 10 things not to do on YouTube in 2023. Oh, and wow. it was Did like, I just do like all of them. No, no, no. They were saying like, don't do crazy intros. And I was like, what? I love doing intros. They're like, you could kind of just say who you are. And, but like, they were like, if you don't get to what your episode is about in eight seconds, everyone's turning off. Are tuning out. Uh, I think that's ridiculous uh, because I think our audience loves your intros. So I'll never do a crazy intro ever again. What the fuck? No. Today's episode is about the <laughs> supposed curse that haunts celebrities and luminaries in their industry. This idea that if you are particularly talented and creative and in some way change the world. Uh huh. You are cursed to die at the age of 27. Oh, thank God. It's a phenomenon it. that has entered pop culture. It's known as the 27 Club. Several celebrities have died mm. at the age of 27, a lot of them under mysterious circumstances, often in the music industry. People yeah. who have founded uh, groundbreaking bands, the Rolling Stones, Nirvana, Jimi Hendrix of The Experience, Janis Joplin, The Doors lead singer, Jim Morrison. The list goes on and on. What is it with this age, 27? We're going to figure it out today on today's episode of Mega Strange. A. Hey. That was the non-crazy intro. It was good. I did, Sorry, I didn't. I, I knew as I was saying it, you were going to be like, I'm not doing another intro. Never again. Never again. Well, now that I've talked about what today's episode is about. Yes. The 27 Club. Now we can be crazy and, and do uh, dumb shit. Dude, we could do eight intros. Exactly. Hey, of all the bands I mentioned, mm. The Doors, yeah. uh, Rolling Stones, uh -huh. Nirvana, Jimi Hendrix and the Experience, uh -huh. and uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company, Janis Joplin's band. What's your favorite? Out of all those, it's hard. I would guess I would say Nirvana, probably. Yeah. I really dislike The Doors and Jim Morrison. Why? I think he was like uh, someone on a on a podcast I listened to said this, and I, I really stuck with me. They said he was just a drunk with a notebook. <laughs> well, isn't that like I don't know. Also, I, Kurt Cobain. What I don't know anything about Kurt Cobain. Like, oh, I so guess he, he did so drugs. Yeah, you like Jim Moore. You don't like Jim Morrison because you know too much about him. But I if guess you found so. out more about these other celebrities, you might not like them either. Well, I was never a big Nirvana fan either. I just appreciate them like sonically. Whereas the Doors, I fucking every time I hear a Doors song, I'm like, ooh. No way. There's gotta be at least one Doors song you like. What about um Come on, Johnny, light my fire. No? Nope. Hold on. <clears throat> what about this one? Johnny is strange when you're a stranger. That one's the worst one. What? <laughs> Moving on. What's your favorite Doors song? Leave a comment down below. Or do you hate the Doors? If so, leave a comment down below. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I definitely, 
the older I get, the more I'm a hater of like certain rock bands. Like I can't stand ACDC. I can't uh, Led Zeppelin. I appreciate, but I can't stand most of their catalog. We are going to get into the 27 club, but before we do that, we're going to have a quick music discussion. Okay. <laughs> you hate ACDC. Oh yeah. You hate Led Zeppelin. You hate the doors. I appreciate what Led other Zeppelin. world famous bands. Do you hate? Uh, I think those are the big ones for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of any of those uh bands. I kind of I, I think I do like Led Zeppelin more than the others, but I Yeah, they have enough good, but like if I have to hear Back in Black one more time, that song drives me up a wall. What <laughs> about what about uh, awful. What about Dirty Deeds and the Thunder Chief? I hate I hate that song too. I hate what? I hate that. I hate Thunderstruck. I dude, I can't stand ACDC. Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap the old, is a okay. great song. <laughs> It's catchy. Dirty deeds. Uh, dun, dun, cheap. Uh, it's fun to sing. Yeah. It gets stuck in your head. The only one I think I like is Highway to Hell. With the, with the bells? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you haven't lived in San Diego for very long. Shouts out to the Southern California fans. Hell's Bells is okay. Did you ever go, leave a comment if you did, to a Padres game where our closer, Trevor Hoffman, would come out. Mm. Two Hell's Bells. Okay. They used to, this is how corny it is in San Diego. You almost can't even criticize this song <laughs> because one of our most famous pitchers made that his theme song. Mm. And at the end of every Padres game, they would play Hell's Bells. Yeah. At the beginning of that song and it would be known as Trevor Time. And they would put on the sign across the whole stadium, it's Trevor Time. And they would have these digital, Trevor they would time. Have these digital bells ringing and he would come out to Highway to Hell. Uh, and then he would like strike out the last uh, person on the opposing team, except we're the Padres and we suck. So he'd throw a pitch and they'd hit a fucking grand slam. I was wondering. Game over for the Padres. I was wondering why, like, uh, when the Padres are doing really well, shouts out Eric Bedore, uh, he uh, on Twitter would post like a gif of like a bell ringing and said, Padres win. And I was like, why is it? What's with the bell? Now you it, know. Is, oh, it is that? Okay. Now I know. I'm a true San Diegan now. Yeah, so you have to like ACDC on some level. Okay. So be Don't. San Diego. Well, you know, I think every band has like at least one good song. That's not true, but, yeah. um, you know, most most bands have at least one good song. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other bands I don't like. I think I, I mean, like I'm down with The Who. I'm down with Rolling Stones. Uh, it's just like certain, like, I guess it just gets overplayed. Like if I have to hear Stairway to Heaven... Again, I just can't. So tired of that in cashmere. I can't. Would you consider yourself a music snob? No, I like a lot of music. Uh, and I, I don't really like being gatekeepy. Uh, there's just certain stuff I'm just tired of hearing. What are you a snob in? Uh, Everybody is a snob in something. And I myself am, among other things, a movie snob. Yeah. And um, trying to think of some other think things. Of I'm uh, Wrestling, probably. Paranormal podcast snob. I don't think you're snobby about wrestling. Really? I, I think you're very encouraging. And oh, shit. I think that you are eager to talk and educate people. Yeah. Um, I don't think you judge people for their preferences. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to judge you if you like Led Zeppelin. I think I'm the same way with everything. I just, like, don't like it. You've got to be. I, you watch a lot of YouTube. I bet you're, like, a, a content creator snob. Okay, I, I can if, see that. I bet if you meet somebody who like watches PragerU videos. <laughs> I mean, either way, like PragerU, <laughs> I'm not going to. Get the fuck out of here. All right, well, have you ever heard of the 27 Club? 
Yes. Besides what I've already said in our introduction, what have you traditionally known about the 27 Club? Uh, I've always heard it as like a like a, a morbid coincidence that like uh, all these people just kind of happen to die at the age of 27. Yeah. That are famous. Mm-hmm. Um, that's generally the gist of what I've heard. I never really dive, dove too deep into it. Um, did it affect you at all? Have you ever considered that you might be a member of the 27 Club? Or did you? No. I mean, like at 27, I just graduated college at 26. And 20, I mean, 27 was a pretty bad time. Like uncertainty of like where I'm going to, like what I'm going to do with my life of like, uh, you know, I just graduated art school. Like what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think for me, like, uh, I think 28 was way harder than 27. Oh, the so cl- you, you almost joined the 28. Yeah. Club. Yeah. The closer you get to 30, the more, the, the harder it gets. Yeah. <laughs> in the art, in like the art school grad life. Well, I had a little bit of fame growing up. Uh, started Mega 64 when I was 17. Mm. So after 10 years, when I hit 27, the thought definitely crossed my mind, you know, that I might be famous enough to join the club. Mm. I didn't die at the age of 27, which then made me think, maybe I'm not very famous at all. I did know kids that uh, when I was younger would be like, I'm not making it past 27. I knew people who swore that they would never make it to the age of 30. Yeah. Um, and we would, you know, at like 22, they'd be like, I'm not going to be here at 30. And I'd be like, what does that mean? They'd be like, yeah, I just I just have a feeling I'm going to be gone. Gone where? You know, just like uh, taken out. Yeah. But they would never have a specific answer. Thankfully, they weren't like, I'm going to do myself in. No, it wasn't that. But they were just like, you know, the way I live my lifestyle is so fancy free, so carefree. I just imagine uh, I'm not going to make it to 30. And I always thought, that's really dumb. Yeah. Because it's really easy to make it to 30. You just keep on living. Just keep on keeping I, on. I just, I didn't understand the mentality of like, you know, there's probably going to be a situation where I could keep on living, but I'm just going to goof it up. That's what I think. Like, I didn't understand that mentality. Yeah, it I, was th- almost I this, get it. This carefree, like jovial, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fuck this life up and just... <laughs> Be yeah, gone. I'm on my way out. I'm, kind of. I'm 14. I, you know, I got Dude, like three years what, left. Seriously. <laughs> and I was like, I think if you just keep doing what you're doing now, you're going to go way beyond 30. I, I think it's just because like in school, time felt so endless. Yeah, uh, maybe you're right. Yeah. And yeah, like once you're out of school, like time goes by like nothing. It sucks. But uh, in school, like every year felt like a, an eternity. So I could see like why people were like, yeah, I'm not making it to 19. All of these people are uh, made it well past oh, 30 yeah. now. And I like to remind them sometimes. Like, yeah. You remember when you didn't think you'd make it to 30? They were like, yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> well. Now they're afraid to die. That's how it goes. Well, they were always uh, afraid. I mean, uh, they see more gun ho about it. Yeah. Now they're like, oh, God. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. So Yo. you may have heard of this, this cultural phenomenon known as the 27 Club. Mm. Where did it start? You know, this club is said to go back at least 100 years. Yeah. We've even talked about in our previous episode about musicians who sold their soul to the devil. One musician in particular, Robert Johnson, who died in 1938 at the age of 27, is said to be a member of the 27 Club. But he was added retroactively. 
Because this whole idea of the 27 Club didn't even come around until the mid-90s. Yeah. Did you know that? Well, I mean, I heard it. That's when I heard it for the first time was around then. It's so yeah. interesting because I heard a lot of um, urban legends in the 90s growing mm -hmm. up, and I assumed that they had been around for decades. Yeah. But then I come to find that they were just invented and passed around in the 90s. Like the whole Wizard of Oz, Dark Side of the Moon yeah. thing. That yeah. was like a 90s urban legend. I always thought it was an 80s thing, too. I yeah. thought it was yeah. like from the inception of the <laughs> album, you know? But yeah. they didn't make that up until like 1993 is like the first okay. uh, mention of the that whole urban legend. If you don't know, um, some people say if you watch um, The Wizard of Oz, that Pink Floyd was actually watching The Wizard of Oz in the studio mm -hmm. when they recorded Dark Side of the Moon, yeah. their most famous album of all time, and that the album actually syncs up perfectly with the movie. Yeah. But you have to start the At album yeah. on the third roar of the lion yeah. during the MGM logo. But then they say halfway through the movie, it gets out of sync. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's because they allowed time for you to flip the record over. Oh. Uh, you know? Yeah. In the year 2005, I used to be on these uh, message boards that trafficked in like bootleg movies, illegal movies, pirated movies and stuff like that. And somebody made a cut of The Wizard of Oz set to Dark Side of the Moon. I saw this recently, too. Like yeah. On TikTok, someone did it. Yeah. They like matched it up. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. But it wasn't perfect. It would like, like kind of. Worked. Yeah. At best, it kind of works. I think the intro works the best. Like the stuff that like they're saying in the beginning really lines up what's happening. It works for about like 10 minutes. Exactly. Yeah, that's about it. And then it falls apart. Yeah. The 90s was a time for all of these urban legends um, to spring up that would last to this day. Like they lasted for decades. Mm. And one of these was the idea of the 27 Club, which was actually started by Kurt Cobain's mother. Okay. She was the first person to... To realize? To um, voice this idea of the 27 Club in the media. and But she said that it was something that Kurt himself had been fixated on. Okay. So where does it all start? What was he fixated on? Well, it actually goes back to um, the 60s, you mm. know, right around the Summer of Love. And all of those other musicians, Brian Cox, I'm sorry, Brian Jones and Jimi Hendrix mm -hmm. and Janis Joplin. Um, Kirk Homemade's mom said that he considered those people to be in a club because they all died at the age of 27. People at the time like had talked about how they died at the age of 27. Um, but it wasn't until she said this in an interview, like he wanted to join that club that people were like, oh, what club are they talking yeah. about? Well, I thought I'd look it up and give you some of the details around some of these people and um, their deaths. Some of them have mysterious details surrounding them. Um, and we could just talk about some of the people in this 27 Club and see if there's any connection or any merit to this uh, urban legend. Uh, can I say something real quick? Yeah, of course. Uh, I always think about this because it's kind of amazing. Uh, I mean, it, it's upsetting that they, these people died, but like how untainted they are. Like every image of Kurt Cobain is, you know, that's all we have of him. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're, Kurt Cobain didn't have a weird phase where he shaved his head and got really into uh, guns or something. Like it's just crazy how untainted they are by just life. And they just stay like pristine and perfect. 
Yeah, I think there is something like, uh, you know, there's that song, Only the Good Die Young. Yeah. But I almost think it's because uh, these people didn't have enough time to, like, make enemies and burn bridges, you know? When you're young, you're at this time in your life where you have a lot of friends and you're socializing, and, and generally times are good. <laughs> yeah. Generally. Sorry, I just realized I should <laughs> I just realized I was like, Kurt Cobain really got into guns, and then I realized how he, he went. Yeah, he he did. Uh, <laughs> he he was uh he was in the guns, you could say. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so you're what you're saying is, uh, you know, we never get to see them grow old. So no, they kind of like stay immortalized in that like young glory rock star phase. Yeah, like imagine the Nirvana reunion tour. You know, like well, just look what happened to Metallica. I always use Metallica. Like if one, like I mean, Cliff Burton died, but like imagine if they, like you know, James Hetfield died. I don't want to imagine them dying, but yeah. you can just see how much they changed as they got older yeah, and how their ideals changed and how they cut their hair and their look and their music changed. If Metallica had only had those first three albums and then weren't around anymore, we'd have a whole different opinion of that band. Yeah. But we have those first three albums plus 30 years of other shit. <laughs> and we have to consider all of it when we consider Metallica, but you don't do that with Kurt Cobain. Nope. Um, or any of these other, you know, lovely lost legends. And it's cool because like people just rediscover his work every couple of years, like with the Batman, like I'm sure there was a whole generation of kids who didn't even know that song existed. And now it's like mainstream again. Yeah. In 1994, I got, um, access to all my older brother's CDs mm. and pretty much the three CDs I listened to were Nevermind by Nirvana, the soundtrack to the movie Boomerang. Starring Eddie Murphy, I've never which heard of this was, movie. uh, it's an amazing movie. Can I, can I Google it real quick? I didn't boomerang. What boomerang starring Eddie Murphy. I've never heard of this movie, bro. Have you ever, Eddie Murphy like made three movies. Yeah. Beverly Hills cop. Yeah. Coming to America heard, heard and of, boomerang. I've heard of all of them except boomerang boomerang. He plays like a, like a marketing executive who is like really like sexy and just like super yeah, powerful. Never seen this. Yeah. And that's the cover. And then, um, like, um, a woman joins the firm who's even, like, sexier and more powerful than him. Okay. And, like, she fucks with his head. Shit. And that's Boomerang. I gotta watch Boomerang. <laughs> and it has this amazing, like, rap soundtrack. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got the Black Album from Metallica. Those are the classic albums. <laughs> from 1994. Yeah. They yeah. basically are. So that was my introduction to Nirvana. Mm. Um, but you're right. Every couple of years, it's just, Nirvana is one of those bands, like the Beatles. Yeah. And it's probably because when you have a band that defines a generation and then the lead singer dies, it just becomes this mythical thing. And the later generations like hear about it and they yeah. want to go back and explore it. Same thing with the Beatles and John Lennon. Um, I feel like is, you know, that same kind of, uh, mixture of circumstances happening with Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. Yeah. I do think like, Green Day is a good example of seeing like what would have happened if uh, he uh, didn't die because like I I feel like Nevermind was such a huge accomplishment it would it probably would have been them kind of like trying to uh you know obtain lightning in a bottle again because after Dookie Green Day was just like in a fucking spiral like how do we make that album again and they just kept trying and trying and trying so let's talk well you yes. know what let's start let's with Kurt Cobain yeah if we're you know I was gonna go back and start at the beginning but we'll start at the end since we're okay. already talking about Nirvana did you know that uh Kurt Cobain died in 1994 in April of 1994 I was three 
Yeah, I always thought it happened sooner. For whatever reason, in my mind, I thought he had died in like 1991. Um, but it was March of 1994. And at the time, he had become totally disillusioned with the music industry. He had written in his journal that he no longer had any joy even writing music or even listening to it. That's sad. He couldn't even listen to music and find joy anymore. That that happens when you're like... Uh... I mean, there, there's days where I have that with editing. Like, sometimes I'm like, I can't even look at a fucking premiere timeline. Everybody has it. Yeah. Kurt Cobain, um, you know, like, ran away from home, was basically like a homeless person by choice. Mm. Um, had wealthy parents. Yeah. But just, like, lived this um, gutter lifestyle, you know? He never really wanted to be a rich and famous rock uh -huh. star. And when he became a rich and famous rock star, he kind of resented it. He didn't enjoy being wealthy. He didn't enjoy being famous. Mm -hmm. Boo-hoo, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. I'm sorry that you're so wealthy and famous and that every song you write is literally beloved by change, every change by the generation. Every person who hears it. <laughs> I'm sorry you're considered a musical god. Yeah. But that's what the situation was. Um, in 1994, he actually was ready to break up Nirvana. And Nirvana was scheduled for Lollapalooza of mm. that year, and they pulled out um, yeah. amongst rumors that they were going to break up. Shit. This was like three days before he was found dead. Some people think he was murdered yeah. by his wife, Courtney Love. And there are all kinds of documentaries out there debunking this, but also supporting it as a conspiracy theory. Kurt Cobain, um, Courtney Love is a whole another fascinating story. For real. Courtney Love basically, um, at a young age, decided that she was going to become famous by any means necessary and moved to Hollywood to essentially become the ultimate groupie. What's the matter? She's just Trisha Paytas, dude. She did. She's, she's just fucking right. She's just Trisha Paytas. You're 100. percent She's like the proto Paytas. Holy fuck! <laughs> uh, she was gonna. Become, I don't know if I'm saying her name right. P I think you are. Paytas? Yeah. She was gonna become famous by any means necessary. She essentially moved to Hollywood to become a groupie. Yeah. Um. At an extremely young age, was underage when she did this, um, eventually like moved up to Seattle, pursued Nirvana and Kurt Cobain. Um, they fell in love and she founded the band Hole. Yeah. After being with Kurt Cobain, and a lot of people say that Kurt ghost wrote the first Hole album. So if you love Nirvana yeah. and you're like, oh, I wish there was more Nirvana, pick up that whole album. It's good. It's basically, it's, fucking good. <laughs> it's a Nirvana song with Courtney Love singing all the yeah, tracks. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I, I love that first whole record. It's so inspired yeah. by um, the whole music scene that she was heavily involved in there. Um, for various reasons, she may have become angry with Kurt Cobain and wanted to have him murdered, but I don't think so no. because the official story is that she really wanted to save him and was afraid that he had turned suicidal. Kurt Cobain was checked into a rehab facility in Los Angeles a week before he died. Okay. Um, and he was doing well there by all accounts, but broke out of the facility, jumped the fence, got into a taxi in Los Angeles, took the taxi to LAX, got on an airplane back to Seattle. Oh my God. This is a wild story. Yeah. He gets on the airplane. You know who he sees? Who? Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Oh, sick, dude. And Duff McKagan yeah. has said, he's gone on record and he's told this story and he said, Kurt Cobain always fucking hated Guns N' Roses. I knew that. <laughs> he hated Los Angeles and we were the LA band. He fucking yeah, yeah, hated yeah. us. 
But when he saw me on that airplane, he, he seemed happy to see me. He's like, what's up, Duff? Good to see you. And he's like, I don't know, man. I knew something was wrong. <laughs> I knew something was wrong. When he, when he said good to see you, it's like, yeah. you don't like me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what the fuck is this shit? So Duff McKagan at this point was the only person in the world who knew where Kurt Cobain was. Yeah. On a plane to Seattle. There's no like Twitter or anything at this time. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> people barely had cell phones. Exactly. And unfortunately, within a few days of returning to Seattle, um, Courtney Love hires a um, private detective mm. to 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 track him down and they find him at his house and he has died by that point. Shit. He did release. Um, he wrote a note to his childhood imaginary friend named Boda um, that basically explained everything he was feeling and everything he was going through. Okay. And Kurt Cobain would be the first member of the 27 Club because as we already said, his mom would give this interview and said he was obsessed with these other musicians who yeah. had died at the age of 27. So it was like the first time he was given like a name. Yeah. Okay. Would you like to hear about these other musicians? Yes. It all starts actually, it all gets traced back. Even though Robert Johnson died in 1938, the first actual member of the 27 Club is the founder of the Rolling Stones, Brian Jones. Okay. I'm not super familiar with the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I mean, I am. I know Keith Richards and yeah. Mick Jagger, but That's I don't know all. like their first album in history. So I was unaware that Brian Jones was like the main guy. Yeah, that, I didn't know that either. That it was his band. I've heard definitely uh, that there's an album they have called Hot Rocks that is like kind of a best of of all their, you know, <clears throat> eras. Yeah. And the first CD is fucking um, like, it's amazing. I don't really like the Rolling Stones. I don't know if that's his stuff, but like their early albums are are fucking awesome. They have this song called like 2000 Man. It's pretty fucking bomb. Are you a Pink Floyd Floyd fan? A huge Pink Floyd fan. So, you know, the story with um, Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett. Yeah. And how he was kicked out of the band. because. Yeah. Some people say Sid Barrett went insane. Yeah, he, I think he did. Um, I've heard Sid Barrett's side of the tale, and it sounded like infighting. Like, maybe he was mentally imbalanced, yes. But also, it, it also seemed like the other band members were just fucking sick of him and kind of wanted to kick him out. Uh, a little from column A yeah. and a little from column B. Yeah, what I heard is, uh, yeah, he started not really making sense. And they didn't really, it, it caused a lot of fights because they didn't really know what he was saying to them a lot because yeah. he would just start with like, it, it would just occasionally kick in and he would be in a different Yeah, dimension. but then he has gone on record yeah. and said like, yeah, I was fucking with them because oh. I was so tired of their shit, shit and I was the leader of the band and they were acting like I didn't belong in the band. So yeah. I just started fucking with them. And so they kicked me out of the band. But the hard part is that uh, a lot of people didn't know for years he was still, <laughs> it was funny. Like whenever I bring up Sid Barrett, I'd be like, yeah, he's still alive. And then they'd be like, what? He's since passed now, but yeah. for a while he was still alive and dude was very not well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Brian Jones, the yeah. founder of Rolling Stones, kind of the same situation. Okay. Kind of the same situation. He just started um, feuding with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and slowly they started to kind of take the helm of control of the band away from Brian and started um, relegating him more to like an instrumental um, role. He was okay. a singer and yeah. lead songwriter, and they took on those roles themselves. And he became pretty upset about it. Um, on July, between July second and third, nineteen sixty nine, Brian Jones passed away. He had basically been forced to quit the band, okay. Rolling Stones, and um, 
was living by himself with a, well, him and his girlfriend were living in a farm in England. We're not going to get too much into the gruesome details of how all of these people passed away, but Brian Jones, <laughs> um, in 1969, officially died of drowning. Actually, what the coroner listed his cause of death as is death by misadventure, which basically means doing drugs, yeah, okay, partying, you know, yeah. having too much fun, had an misadventure, accident. death by misadventure. <laughs> Um, they found him at the bottom of a pool. He drowned. Some people think he was murdered by a neighbor who claimed that Brian owed him money. Okay. They think Brian Jones may have been killed Perfect over crime. a money dispute. It's interesting that both Kurt Cobain um, and Brian Jones are, you know, involved in these conspiracy theories yeah. about their death. I, I feel like it's a sense of like people like it's hard to believe, you know, I feel like uh, when uh, s stuff like that happens, yeah. uh, similar to like 9-11, like, you know, pe like there's so many conspiracies, like once something, you know, wild like that, like unthinkable happens. For sure. Yeah. The biggest thing about Brian Jones I found out was his influence was uh, like his style of um, clothes and his hair. He had long hair and cool mm. clothes and yeah. was a big inspiration on like a lot of people from the 60s. Okay. Um, in that and founded the Rolling Stones. That's bomb. Within like two or three years, he was 27 when he died. Mm -hmm. Within two or three years, Jimi Hendrix would die yeah. at the age of 27. Jim Morrison would die at the age of 27. And Janis Joplin. Shit. So all three of those people were younger than Brian Jones and were friends with him. And I'm going to say presumably looked up to him. Um... Almost exactly two years later, Jimi Hendrix died at the age of 27. Uh, the story you've heard about Jimi Hendrix is true, if you've famously heard the story. Yeah. That he um, died um, by um, choking on vomit. <laughs> was it on New Year's, too? It was not on New Year's, actually. So that part of that the was... story is not true. Yeah, where does that come from? Because I've heard that a ton. They're like, yeah, he died on New Year's or something. I have the date right here. It was actually um, September 18th, 1970. Okay. Now, the thing about Jimi Hendrix's death, again, there are mysterious circumstances because it's 1970. So there aren't like clear, you know. There's not like cell phones. There's not surveillance. We can't ping people's cell phones, know where they were. We just have hearsay from yeah. eyewitness testimony. So the events of his last day are highly debated. Um, but the long and short of it was the dude was depressed. The dude was feeling he'd been broken up with by a bunch of girlfriends. He had oh, been no. disenchanted with the music industry. Again, this is like a recurring thing. Yeah, yeah. Was doing a lot of drugs was drinking, was like um, partying a lot. He was staying with the girlfriend in London and she says that they went to sleep between 4 a.m. and 7 a.m. in the morning. He was asking for sleeping pills and she refused to give them to him, according to her. She went to sleep and then woke up the next morning at 10 a.m. and Jimmy was still alive but breathing heavily and not moving. She tried to like wake him up. The details here are complicated because this girlfriend, Monica Dannerman, Dannerman, she's since passed away, but she changed her story a lot. Pretty much every time she retold this story, she changed the details. 
Sometimes it was like, oh, I woke up at nine. Other times it was, I woke up at 11. Mm. Sometimes it was, I woke up and then I went out at 1030 to get cigarettes. But other times it was, I didn't go anywhere. Okay. She, she tells people that she called the police and waited for the paramedics to arrive and rode with Jimi Hendrix to the hospital. But the paramedics say that's not true. Okay. The paramedics say somebody called them, but when they arrived at his apartment, the door was wide open. The apartment was empty. And what they described, they said was horrific. They said they walked inside. I don't know if you want to hear this. I won't go into too many details, okay. but they found Jimi Hendrix there. Okay. And they said there was a lot of vomit. Oh, a lot. Ugh. And, um, it was clear to them that he was dead already, but they took him to the hospital and they tried to resuscitate him. CPR and all that, it didn't work. They knew it wasn't going to work, but it was a formality and he was pronounced dead. Um, Monica says that she was there and went to the hospital. The paramedics say no. In 1993, Scotland Yard was asked to reopen the death of Jimi Hendrix. As an open investigation. Okay. They decided, well, they did a preliminary like inquiry into the events, but decided that too much time had passed and that it wasn't worth the trouble. Basically said, we could investigate this, but it's been 30 years and it's only going to uh, bring up bad shit. Yeah. Like let sleeping dogs lie. Also like 30 years, like a lot of evidence, like people don't realize how like uh, a lot with a lot of cases, if you don't get that stuff uh you know rolling out yeah. the gate like a lot of evidence just gets destroyed you want to hear something that are even stranger about this particular case with Jimi hendrix sure so he had taken sleeping pills and right. he had taken 18 times the um prescribed dosage okay it was 18 times over the prescribed Jesus dosage Christ. <laughs> He had been fighting with Monica that night because yeah. he was at a party and she caught him flirting with other girls. They fought so bad, actually, that the people at the party kicked Monica out and refused to let her back in. Okay. There's even stories that late at night she was outside the building and people in the party were in the windows upstairs making fun of her and yelling at her to leave. That's oh. how bad the fight was the night Jimi Hendrix died. He went home with her and she says he asked for sleeping pills. But she didn't give them to him. But some point in the night, he took 18 of them. It's a very mysterious uh, set of circumstances yeah. surrounding the death of Jimi Hendrix, which will never be investigated. So it will stay mysterious. Monica herself passed away in like 1994. And so the story is just going to end there. Like Jimi Hendrix died under some really mysterious circumstances. I never knew that. At the age of 27. I always just assumed like... Cause dude would get lit. Like there was, there's all these things where like uh, rumors where he'd put like acid in his headband and yeah. stuff. Like I just assumed like dude just you know because people die choking on their vomit a lot. Uh, you know just from heavy. Yeah, drinking. it's like the leading cause of death in um Germany or something. Yeah. So I never knew that there was. <laughs> <It's> not true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you said it so confidently. I just assumed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, isn't that how the the little the the the. What was the the little guy that would hang out with Kid Rock? Was it Joe? Joe C. I hope not. I think that's how he died too. At the age of twenty seven, I don't know. I wonder. No, he he choked on his vomit. Um. So, that was Jimi Hendrix. Um, that was in April of 
1970. In October of 1970, Janis Joplin was found dead Shit. as well. Janis Joplin. Um, are you familiar with Janis Joplin? Uh, musically, no, but I, I've seen so many pictures of her. Musically, she's badass. She's, I bet. Her voice is like amazing. Anybody out there, if you haven't listened to uh, Janis Joplin, Big Brother and the Holding Company, check them out. They're really great. Check them out. Check them out. Highly recommended. Janis Joplin was under a lot of pressure. People always told her she was ugly. People always yeah. told her she was overweight. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking of Mama Cass. <laughs> <laughs> Different person who died of a heart attack. Dude, Mama Cass. <laughs> Janis Joplin died of an accidental overdose of heroin. I mean, that 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 do be happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brian Jones was probably also on heroin uh, mm. or some sort of drugs. Jimi Hendrix was definitely on a lot of drugs. Yeah. The crazy thing about um, Janis Joplin ODing on heroin is they say that uh, a lot of people that weekend died um, and they all had, they all bought heroin from the same dude. Her- heroin dealer. It's like fentanyl. Yeah. Yeah. And this one dude who killed Janis Joplin, I mean, you can't say a drug dealer killed Janis Joplin. She killed herself by taking yeah, drugs. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the responsibility has to be on the person who takes the drugs. You can't be like, oh, my drug dealer really fucked me yeah. with this bad batch of heroin. Like, you shouldn't be doing the heroin to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, you know, it's an addiction. So some of the blame needs to be shared. I just find it an interesting uh, bit of trivia that they they are pretty confident it was a bad batch of heroin because so many other people's deaths were also tied to um, this one dealer that same weekend. Yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, it happens a lot now. I don't know if you're going to get into stuff like this, but like yeah, like Little Peep. Oh, yeah, Little Peep I don't have here, but yeah, Zanny bars. Yeah, yeah, they had fentanyl on them. Oh, sorry, I'm going to Google how old it was. That would be crazy if he joined the 27 Club, but I think he was, I don't think he was. He was a little too young. Interestingly enough, Sorry. Like all of our celebrities today, there is some um, debate about what really happened to Janis Joplin. And she has a friend who said that Janis did not die of an accidental overdose, uh-huh. but went out. I'm going to say it. Bob Saget style. Fell down and hit her head. Oh, shit. Yeah. She said that Janis tripped the night she died. Oh, God. She, that she got her heels stuck in the carpet and she fell down and she hit her head. That's sad. And uh, she thinks that is what killed her but admits that the drugs and alcohol probably played a major role <laughs> in hastening her demise i got really depressed when i i just saw that little peep died at 21 that's wild that's fucked up. that is i didn't know he was that young damn dude that's that's real little that's real <laughs> that's that's bad jim morrison died at the age of 27 um one year later almost to the day Damn. Uh, July 3rd. I'm sorry. This would be like two years to the day after Brian Jones. Okay. Uh, Jim Morrison was found in a London hotel bathtub. Heroin overdose. Once again, very sad. Very sad. Um, he was found by his girlfriend who had the name. Uh, let me pull up her name here. Um, well, all I have is her last name. Her last name was Corson. Corson. Okay. This 
woman um, inherited Jim Morrison's fortune because when he died, um, they pulled up his will and his will said, I'm unmarried. So give all my fortune to my girlfriend, uh, which pissed off his family. I bet there were a lot of legal um, debates over that. That's kind of badass. She took the money um, and then she herself was found dead of a heroin overdose at 27 as well. And at that point, uh, her parents and Jim Morrison's parents took the money and split it amongst themselves. (laughs) They're like, yes. Yeah. And the last person I have on the list for today, the 27 Club, Amy Winehouse. Oh. Amy Winehouse passed away in 2011. Dude. And do you know what her official cause of death is? Drinking? Did she drink herself to death? She did drink herself to death, oh. but that's not what her official cause oh. of death is listed as. Death by misadventure. Whoa. Amy Winehouse. The misadventures of Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse has the same uh, official cause of death as Brian Jones. Shit. Two members of the 27 Club both died by misadventure. That's Amy wild. Winehouse um, died of blood alcohol poisoning. Mm-hmm. She had blood alcohol content uh, that was like five times the legal limit. Which is extremely sad because Amy Winehouse yeah. was a fucking musical genius. She also holds oh, yeah. the Guinness World Record for most songs on the UK pop charts at the same time with eight, eight Amy Winehouse songs on the charts at one time. I, I just always took that as like a cautionary tale. Like I, I don't think people really realize that you can just die from drinking too much like that, you know? Yeah, she did drink uh, so much that she got alcohol poisoning. Also, um, her brother claims that she was suffering from bulimia at the time. Mm, okay. The pressure to look good in this fucked up media world we have. It's messed up. Yeah, and uh, her body was weak from the weight loss, and they say that contributed to the alcohol being fatal to her. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, if you're if you're that skinny. So it's, be it's that uh, extremely sad, but... I'm not going to leave you with that. We're not just going to leave it on a downer. I'm going to give you some (laughs) scientific facts to make you feel better. What is it with the age of 27? Why? Why 27? Is there, is there something to it? Is there some new numerology? Well, scientists have looked into this and they have done studies to see maybe just randomly, maybe people are just statistically more likely to die at the age of 27. And do okay. you know what they found out? Do you want to know what they found out? Yeah. The answer is no. Oh. You're not more likely to die at the age of 27. <laughs> you know what ages you more are more likely to die at? 30? They found two. Oh. Which, which? Young people under the age of 45 okay. are most likely to die at the ages of 25 and 32. Fuck. And I don't know why. And I cannot tell you why. I'm, I'm hitting the second one. And I will and leave you now. at that. So you have yeah. two hurdles coming up in your life, in your early midlife. If you can make it past 25, then you got to make it past 32. And then it's smooth sailing all the way to 45. Uh, was was XXX Tentacion uh, in the 27 Club at all? Is that No, I think he was 23 okay. when he got shot. Damn. Yeah. And that's controversial yeah. as well because he committed a lot of heinous yeah, crimes yeah, himself yeah. before his own demise. Shit. 
Did you enjoy today's episode? Are you going to join the 27 Club? I hope Please not. Don't. <laughs> uh, it's a long list of people. It's very weird. It's, yeah. It is like a cultural thing. Like I don't, to me, the most fascinating thing is just that the idea of the 27 Club exists. Yeah. That as a culture, and I'm pretty sure this is only in like American or English society, you know, this is a very English speaking thing. This idea that the best of us are only going to make it for 27 years. That's sad. I don't think it's the best of us, though. I think it's the most troubled. I think it's the artists who um, burn bright because they are so tormented. That rock star lifestyle, man, it's 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 pretty. It's like a double edged sword. Yeah. Um, this is a bummer, but uh, do do we want to? Oh, we got a package. We did get a package. <laughs> We're gonna open up. We're gonna open up this package sent to us from a mega stranger, and I just want to say thank you for joining us, everybody. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you do, be sure to like and subscribe our content on YouTube yes. and all social media and share it with a friend. Oh, there's a note under it. And the note says, hello, Mega Strange. I've recently got way into board games. And oh. Horrified is one I have liked a lot. It's horror themed at its co-op game. It's all about surviving against legendary cryptids. Ooh. Best of luck. Ooh, there's like Mothman on there. There's oh, El Chupacabra. There's uh oh yeah, there's the Jersey Devil. Shit. There's I just oh, want these minifigs. Those are sick. We're gonna play this. You know, uh Mega 64 board game Olympics is coming up yeah. soon. And maybe we'll play this game on there. Or there maybe, you we'll, go. maybe we'll play this for a special episode, you and me. Sure. Of Mega Strange. Did, Mega Strange does some gaming. <laughs> Did uh was there a name? Um this is from Brayden. Thanks, Thank you, Brayden. Well, that's our episode for today. We thank you for joining us, everybody. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Mega Strange Podcast. You can follow me at Derek Acosta only, and you can follow me at Catboy underscore Slim. That's right. Hey, I also want to give a shout out to myself because I've been spending the past (laughs) year, practically at this point, eight months, working on a new comic book called Phobia. Yes. Which is going to be coming out in the next few months. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned and you can follow Phobia at Phobia Horror Comic on Instagram. I'm really happy. It's going to be six issues, 12 oh, stories, over 100 pages. Damn. Of fully colored, sequential, horrific art. That's awesome. Written by yours truly. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Hey, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Make Strange. Until then, stay strange, everybody. Good night. Good night.